Hello and welcome to the Full Spectrum Holistic Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to listen. I know there are thousands of podcasts out there for you to choose from, and I'm glad you're here. I'm the host, Dr. Anthony Burton. I'm a Reiki master, EFT therapist, meditation teacher, and a shamanic practitioner. Tune in to hear stuff that will inform you, help energize and balance you, and help you to be your very best physically, mentally, and spiritually. Spectrum Holistic is a complimentary health and wellness business located in Northwest Georgia, USA. Check out the website at www.spectrum-holistic.com for more information. Hi, and welcome to the first episode of Full Spectrum Holistic Health. Now, as this is our first episode, who knows what might happen. I may screw it up royally, but I hope not. If you listen to the trailer for this podcast, you know that in addition to my training in holistic health practices, I also worked in more technical fields earlier in my life. And you might be wondering, why is this guy podcasting about woo-woo stuff like Reiki and meditation? I'd like to give you at least a little backstory so you know the whys and wherefores. Even when I was much younger and in the Navy, I experienced the power of qi, or qi as the Chinese say, in my study of martial arts. I trained in jiu-jitsu, Okinawan karate, and aikijutsu. One of my instructors early on was a young woman who probably would have weighed in at less than 100 pounds if all her clothes were soaking wet. And she threw my 200-plus pound body around like it was nothing. Later on, I had another instructor named George Dillman who demonstrated on myself and others the technique of pressures and soft strikes on points that lie along the body's energy paths or meridians. Another of my teachers was Grandmaster Richard Behrens, again a person small in stature but very powerful in energy, who taught Aikijutsu. Grandmaster Behrens also had a policy of teaching pain relief and healing along with the self-defense moves, for as he said, you should not only learn to cause pain, but to relieve it. And in a class full of overeager students who sometimes went a little too far in practice, that was a very practical thing. Later in my time in the Navy, I was working out with a Navy judo team member, just for some fun practice, and he executed a shoulder throw on me, seoinage. I landed badly on the point of my left shoulder, and I felt and heard it pop out of joint and then slam back into place. Of course, being foolish and macho, I toughed it out and went to the doctor right after practice. I ended up in a sling for two weeks while I healed. Now, fast forward a few years. My left shoulder was giving me a great deal of pain, and I had a really limited range of motion. I went to an orthopedic surgeon, and after an x-ray and some tests, he determined that I had a torn rotator cuff on that shoulder. It would require surgery and a few weeks of immobilization to fix that. Now, a few months before that, I'd experienced Reiki given to me when I was hospitalized for a broken wrist and ribs. Um, I live an exciting life. This had piqued my interest in the healing power of energy in Reiki, so I found a very good Reiki teacher, Master Patty Payne of the Southeastern Reiki Institute, and signed up for classes. When I went to my first weekend of training, my shoulder was pretty painful, and I could not move that arm very much. Near the end of the first day, we were practicing giving and receiving Reiki, 
and because of the odd number of students, I was paired up with Sensei Patty. She asked me if I had any sort of problem or pain at the moment, and of course I told her about my shoulder. She administered Reiki to me for about oh, 10 minutes or so, and by the end of that time, the pain had greatly diminished, and I had a better range of motion. After two more treatments that weekend, I had zero pain in my shoulder, full range of motion. That was quite the convincer for me, and it made me even happier that I had signed up for the Reiki class. This is especially true since a subsequent visit to the orthopedic surgeon confirmed that I had no damage and I would not require surgery. So anytime I can avoid going under the knife, I'm happy about it. I was already a trained and initiated shamanic practitioner at the time and saw immediately that Reiki would become a vital part of my toolbox for helping others. That class was in Usui Tibetan Reiki, and ultimately I obtained mastership in that style. I also trained and obtained mastership in two other forms of Reiki and in administering Reiki to animals. Since that time, I also became trained and certified as an EFT or tapping practitioner and as a certified meditation teacher. I am constantly studying and learning more about different ways to help others and myself to better health. And those ways include things like sound therapy and aromatherapy, among others. Well, I suppose that's enough backstory. And we're going to talk about holistic health today. And in fact, specifically defining what I think holistic health is. Now, you may differ with me on that, but that's okay. Because if you ask 20 holistic health practitioners, you may get five or six different answers about exactly what holistic health means. And if you do differ with me and you want to tell me about it, go ahead and contact me. Let me know what you think and what you, where you think I'm wrong or where you think I'm right. Either way, I'd like to hear from you. Now, most of us have experienced conventional medical treatment, allopathic medicine, where you go to a physician and the physician asks about your symptoms. They usually check your temperature, your blood pressure, your weight, your height, things like that. And the physician diagnoses a problem based on information and perhaps maybe taking an x-ray or doing some other sort of test. And they recommend a treatment or procedure, perhaps accompanying that with a prescription of some sort. And there's nothing wrong with any of that because sometimes we really do need that allopathic medical treatment. Now, normally the conventional medical doctor is going to look strictly at things going on in your body because these are things your weight, your body temperature, your blood pressure, x-rays, that are most easily compared and measured. I mean, they're numbers, and they can be prepared to norms for your age and your sex and so forth. But here's the thing. Modern medicine is rediscovering what the ancients knew for centuries. The condition and health of the body are affected by the mental and spiritual state of the person. Holistic health means an approach to good health that looks not only at the physical state of a person, but also their mental, emotional, and spiritual states. Now, we all know, for example, how our emotions and our thoughts can affect our bodies. I'm sure you've experienced it before yourself. Think about how you may have felt when you were about to take an important step in your life. Maybe a final exam for graduation, or proposing to your intended spouse, or going into battle for the first time. The body produces adrenaline. The pulse races, breathing speeds up, 
person may begin to sweat, their stomach may roil and tumble. All these things happen. And of course, these situations are temporary. But in some cases, if you're in a stressful job, or if you're perhaps a long-term caregiver for someone who's elderly or in poor health, maybe you have PTSD, or you are in a situation that might produce PTSD, they can continue for months or years, these conditions. Now, in addition to the emotional and mental side of things, the spirituality of a person cannot be ignored. Research and study have shown that people with vital spiritual lives generally have less depression, they have lower blood pressure, and they tend to live longer, more productive lives. Now, this doesn't mean that everyone who attends their church or synagogue or temple will live a long, healthy life. That's not it. Being religious is not always the same as being spiritual. In fact, often it's the exact opposite. But being spiritual does indicate having a healthy attitude toward God or whatever supreme being you may believe in or toward inner spirituality. And it does say that having that healthy attitude can aid in living a happier and longer life. So essentially, holistic health practice aims at helping each person, not only by looking at the physical aspects of health, such as their temperature and their weight and things of that nature, but also by broadening the focus to include the, their emotional state, their mental attitudes, and their spirituality. Holistic health practice also means looking outside conventional medical treatment for things that will aid conventional medicine to do its job better and more quickly. For this reason, holistic health practice is sometimes referred to as integrative health practice because it works alongside conventional medicine rather than trying to replace it. No responsible holistic health practitioner will tell you to just abandon your regular physician or ignore his or her advice. Now, many conventional allopathic physicians are incorporating ideas from holistic health practice into their patient care. 20 years ago, a physician who might have prescribed Prozac or perhaps Zoloft for a depressed patient might now recommend meditation or yoga or Tai Chi or some other alternative therapy first. Instead of first opting for opioids and other drugs for pain relief, many hospitals and cancer centers and clinics are now offering their patients energy therapies such as Reiki or acupuncture. And to many people's surprise, these therapies, they're actually proving to be quite effective in helping to lessen pain and help with the trauma associated with surgery, childbirth, uh, cancer treatment, and other issues. And of course, these therapies are non-addictive, they are non-invasive, and they don't have any nasty side effects, unlike many opioids. The number of doctors and hospitals who are incorporating holistic practices into their arsenal of treatments uh, is increasing. Dr. Mimi Guarneri, the cardiologist and the founder of the Scripps Center for Integrative Medicine, at one time was performing hundreds of heart operations every year, most of them installing stints in people's hearts. But she has reduced drastically the number of such operations she performs, all by using holistic therapies instead of surgery. Of course, 
Now, these treatments are often new or totally unknown to many people, including physicians, and for that reason, they are often ignored. For the most part, our attitudes about medicine and health have been formed by how Western medicine operates. You view the body as an organic machine. You identify the symptom and generally either find a drug to treat it or use some surgical procedure. And sometimes that's necessary. But if you have an ongoing problem, a chronic issue, you may really need a new perspective. Think about it in terms of a set of tires on your car. If you have a blowout, you really need quick service to fix that blown out tire. But if your tires wear out prematurely over and over, you could just keep buying new tires and having them put on your car. But why are they wearing out so quickly? Do you need a wheel alignment? Are your tires out of balance? Are they underinflated? Are they overinflated? And by asking those kind of questions of the mechanic, you can save yourself much time and money in the long run and avoid blowouts. The same sort of thinking applies to your health. For example, if you have a heart attack, you need immediate medical attention. There's no doubt about that. But once you get through that crisis, it's time to step back and see if you can get to the underlying reason for the heart attack. How's your diet? How much stress are you under? Are you getting enough exercise? How's your weight? Are you a smoker? Are you getting enough sleep? Are our worries keeping you awake at night? These and other questions are holistic health questions you and your physician should ask. Thank you for coming by and listening to the podcast. I really appreciate it. And I hope you'll return. Now, the schedule may be a little bit uneven, but we'll be getting episodes up as often as we can, as often as life permits. And I hope that each time you'll find something new and interesting and enlightening for you. Until the next time we hear you or you hear us, stay safe and have a peaceful day.